of prayer, and we are going to be looking at uh, Matthew chapter 4, verse 1 through 11, and it says, Then Jesus was led, in, led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted there by the devil. For 40 days and for 40 nights, he fasted and became very hungry. During that time, the devil came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become loaves of bread. But Jesus told him, No, the scripture says people do not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city, Jerusalem, to the highest point of the temple, and said, If you are the Son of God, jump off, for the scripture says... He will order his angels to protect you, and they will hold you up with their hands so you won't even hurt your foot on a stone. Jesus responded, the scripture also says, you must not test the Lord your God. The ne next, the devil took him to the peak of every high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. I will give you I will give it all to you, he said, if you will kneel down and worship me. Get out of here, Satan, Jesus told him, for the scripture says, you must worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Then the devil went away and the angels came out and took care of Jesus. Amen. Amen. All right, so let us pray. Lord, we thank you for today. Thank you for this moment, my God. We thank you for this opportunity that we come here to worship you, and to get fed with your word, my God. I pray, Lord, that your word falls on everyone's ears, my Lord, and just takes root into everyone's hearts, my God. That through this message today, my Lord, that they will have a un better understanding of who you are. We thank you and we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. So, who has a smartphone? Now, who has an iPhone? A real smartphone. <laughs> for you Android users, we'll pray for you after church. But, you know, I have, so D, take care of that. <laughs> but, you know, what's so awesome about this phone is I can do anything with it. Anything with it. I literally have the world at the touch of a finger. Okay? And then here comes a shameless plug. I own a construction company. Peterson Paving, so if you guys need any work done, give me a call. <laughs> Shameless plug, I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> but I cannot do without my phone, without this on the job site, because I can do anything with it. If I had to do a change order at the drop of a hat, just hurry up and send an invoice, do anything at it, I literally have the world at the touch of a finger, okay? But if my phone is dead, then what good is it? Right? So if my phone is not plugged into a power source, then what good is it? Okay? How many people charge their phone every day? Right? Every single person, right? And why is that? Because we cannot live without it. Right? I mean, I know somebody, I, got, I know people who carry portable chargers in their back pocket because they're so worried about it. Right? How many people got one here now? We don't judge here. We don't judge. 
But if this is not plugged into a power source, then what good is it? It's the same thing like in our life. If we are not plugged into a power source, then we cannot live up to the full potential that we were designed to be. Just like this phone. If this phone is not plugged into a power source, it is useless. This is nothing more than an expensive paperweight. Right? Unfortunately, these are about 12, 1300 bucks or something. Right? They're a lot of money. So, we're going to look at right now 1 Peter 5 8. And this is why it's so important to be plugged into our power source. It says, Be alert and sober of mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Okay? So now, me and my kids, my family, we like to watch a lot of animal shows. Okay? And my son, my little guy, Jeremiah, he really likes the lions. Okay? And I really, really start paying attention. And when the lions seek out their prey, okay, especially the, um, like the buffalo and I don't know the other animal, it's kind of like a big cow with a, uh, with a shield on his head, it looks like. I don't know what they're called. No, not a wildebeest, no. Anyways, it's a big animal, right? So when these lions are searching out their prey and they see a herd of them, right? Okay? And they sit and they look and they pick and they try to distinguish who is the weak, who is the sick, who is the vulnerable, okay? Because they're not going to go attack the full strong you know, male bull, right, who can hurt them, okay? So they, they search out and seek for the weak, okay? So just like the enemy does, right? So can we put that back up there, Josh? Crawls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour, okay? So just like with Jesus in the wilderness, see, Jesus was hungry. His flesh was weak, okay? So he fasted for 40 days and for 40 nights, and so he was weak. He was hungry, and now this is the devil's time to go attack him, okay? But thank God, I thank God for this, that Jesus' spirit was stronger than his flesh, okay? Now, Jesus was tempted with three things, okay? The lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. And in the same manner, we are tempted by those same three things, okay? Now, lust of the eyes, okay? It's tempted in physical needs or desires, okay? So now, how many of us, Go to pray and to seek God for things, right? And it didn't happen yet, okay? And, you know, we're at a type of church. You come here, it's like, okay, you know what? Pray, pray about it, and we'll pray for you. And you'll be like, yeah, I prayed about it. Nothing happened. Didn't happen yet. Okay, well, I'm still waiting on this. How come it's not happening yet? How come this healing's not coming yet? How come uh, my bills ain't getting paid yet? How come this stuff ain't happening yet? Right? So then we look to other resources. Okay? And when we look to other resources for that, did you guys ever regret the outcome after? Right? Because we searched the world 
for those things, to fill those needs, to fill those desires, instead of sitting and waiting on God to give us those. Okay? But Jesus' response was, I loved it. So basically, Jesus is saying God's word is nourishment, and we can trust every God's word, right? For Luke one thirty seven says, for no word from God will ever fail, okay? So when, Je- so when Jesus speaks, better believe it's going to happen, okay? But when that temptation comes and we look to fill those needs and to fill those desires into the world, the world gives nothing but heartache. See, but Jesus gives life. Okay. So then the other thing is lust of the flesh. Okay. Tempted and questioning God's abilities and his power. So that's what the enemy tried to do out of Jesus. He tried to put doubt into him. That's why he said, Jump off this mountain. God's going to save you. They'll send his angels down. He's going to save you. Right? So Jesus, he could, Jesus could have thought, oh, is he really? Maybe. Maybe not. Maybe so. You know, do, do I really want to tempt God? Do I really want to test God? <laughs> you know? But the devil tried to put doubt into him because Jesus knows, but Jesus' response was, you do not test the Father, right? Because Jesus knows who his Father is, and you know who he is. He knows who his identity is. So easily, Jesus denied the devil's test. And as for us, by reading and seeking God's word and having a true understanding of our identity, we can also withstand those tests. See, that's why it's so important to really to get to know who we are in Christ, to know our value, to know what we mean to God. And see, and to know no matter what, God is our savior, God is our protector. See? But Jesus says, do not test God either. So then after that it's and then there's the pride of life. Tempted to receive riches, power and glory. Right? And that's what you know, and, it, and it, it's okay. It's okay to want those things. It's okay. And God says that he will give us all that, that we already have all that. See? And, and Jesus knew. See, the devil didn't have that power. He doesn't have that power to give that to us, to give that to him. See, because that's already given to us by the king, okay, by our Lord, by our Savior, okay? And we... And when we accept, believe, and confess that Jesus is Lord, that we receive an inheritance. We receive an inheritance of being right there in heaven at the right hand of God. That's what we receive. And when we truly get to know our identity in Christ and have a true understanding of our value and all of those things, that when those temptations come, and the devil tries to attack us with those things where we might be tempted to say, oh, you know what? I seen a, I seen a guy drop a wallet. I'm going to pick it up. Should I walk this way or should I walk this way? You know, you see a $20 bill on the ground, you pick it up. You've seen this lady in the store searching for a wallet and knowing that she can't really afford these things. 
Are you going to put it in your pocket? Or are you going to help the lady out? You know, what road, what route are we going to take? Okay, are we going to take the wide open road that the world prepared for us, or we're going to take the narrow pathway that Jesus prepared for us? See, what way are we going to take? And you know, some people get a misconception of temptation. I was having a, I was having a conversation with one of my cousins last week about this, and he's like, "Oh, bro, there's a man." Uh, I need help, bro. I'm being tempted with this. I'm sinning right now. I can't believe this. I'm sinning. I says, temptation is not a sin. It's when we fall into the temptation, then it becomes the sin. See, when we give into that temptation, then it becomes the sin. So, we know that the devil's going to attack us, Jesus followers, Christians, people who believe confess that Jesus is our Lord and Savior, right? Because why is he going to go attack his people? The people that's already serving him, serving the world, right? He doesn't need to go get them, okay? But see, Jesus' uh, spirit was stronger than his flesh, so it was easy for him to say, get away from me, Satan. It was easy for Jesus not to, to fall into the devil's schemes, okay? Because he was plugged into his power source, see? So he was charged up. His spirit was stronger than the flesh. So it's the same thing for us, you know, which monster are we going to feed? Because whichever one we feed is the one that's going to grow stronger. Either we feed our flesh more by living and serving the world or, our, or building our spirit up, which is what? Love, worship, and obeying Jesus, Okay, so now I'm going to show us a way out. I'm going to give us tactics on how to defeat the devil's schemes. Okay, so I titled the sermon, Let's Get Tactical. All right? So, and every moment of resistance from temptation is a victory. Okay? So every moment that we resist that temptation, whatever problem you guys, whatever problems we have, you know, whatever struggles that you deal with and whatever struggles you're trying to get better at, when that temptation comes, every time that you deny that temptation and walk away and turn from it is a victory. So don't take that lightly. So point one is get tactical. Scripture. And scripture is Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10 through 11. It says, finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. So amen. So you know what? God gives us the tools. He gives us the ability to do it, okay? And one of them is the belt of truth, okay? So that's knowing God's word, okay? So knowing the truth of God, knowing that whatever God speaks is going to come to pass, right? Knowing that what the enemy comes to kill, still and destroy, but Jesus came to what? 
Give us life full and abundantly. Right. And we know that Luke 137 says, for no word from God will ever fail. So the belt of truth. Okay. And what does what why do we wear belts? Right? To hold our pants up, right? So then after that is the breastplate of righteousness. And this is no in particular order on purpose or nothing. It doesn't have to go in a certain way or anything. But this is God's armor right here. It says the breastplate of righteousness, knowing God's heart and our value and how we are righteous. Okay, so now, okay, so I got my belt on, right? I got my breastplate on, okay? Knowing that, okay, so you want my heart's protected, right? Because whatever comes into here, once it seeks down into here, then that's when it becomes a problem. See? Because whatever takes root here is what comes out of here. See? So now, okay, so I got my breastplate on. Okay. So now I got to grab, uh, let's see what I got to grab. Well, I got to grab my shield of faith. Okay? I got to grab my shield knowing that God is my protector, knowing that Jesus is my protector. See? Knowing that I'm shielded but I have to put it up, see? I have to put my shield up, see? And I have to allow God to protect me. Next is the foot gear, okay. So I got, I got my shoes on, right? And my shoes is so I can stand firm against, those, against the devil's attacks and knowing that, okay, so I got my shield of faith, right? I got my breastplate on. I got my belt on. Now I can stand firm and, and be like, okay, all right, devil, come on now. I got this, right? I got this. And only through Jesus I have this. Uh, where'd it go here? Helmet. Okay, now, okay, you got my shoes on, right? Now I got to put my helmet on. I got to protect, right? The helmet of salvation. I know where I'm spending eternity. We believe, confess, and accept. That's how we get eternity, right? So I'm, I know I'm saved. I, don't, I know I'm saved. I know where I'm going. So I don't have to worry about that. I don't have to worry about p people putting doubt in my mind. I don't have to worry about people saying, oh, you know, well, if God's real, how come this is happening? If your God is real, how come uh, this is happening? How come your life is like this? No, no, no. It doesn't work that way. No. I know who I am in Christ. I know my identity. I know who my father is. I got my helmet of salvation on. You are not going to put doubt in my head. Not going to allow that to happen. So now we got the, the, the belt of truth. We got our breastplate on. We got our shield, right? We got our shoes on. We got our helmet on, right? So basically all those are offenses, okay? But we only have one defense. And the only defense we have is our sword, okay? Which is God's word. I didn't bring my Bible, so I can't show that up. <laughs> but which is God's word, okay? See when he said, when Jesus said, get away from me, Satan, he had to flee. Right? He had to flee. Because when we say those things, get away from me, saying, you are not wanted here. You are not welcome here. You are not needed in my home, in my house, in my life, and in my family's life. Get away from me, Satan. 
flee in the name of Jesus. And when we say in the name of Jesus, we are speaking authority over that situation. And they have to flee because every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord. Amen. So our sword, God's word. That's why it is so important to know God's word. Not only just to know it, but to actually put it into practice. See, to use God's word. See, to know God's word, okay, yeah, I know this stuff. Okay, but what good is it? Now, see, when we use God's word, look what can happen. Jesus said, flee, and he fled. See, and then what happens is the angels came to, to um, take care of him after, right? To rebuild him up, okay? So which brings us to the point two, get charged, John 15, 5 says, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Okay, here's, look at, now here's the kicker. Apart from me, you can do nothing. See? So Jesus is telling us, apart from me, you can do nothing. David? Can you bring the, um, the box up? So, the Ark of the Covenant. You can stand up there. <laughs> the Ark of the Covenant, right? And the Ark of the Covenant represented God's presence. So, behold, the Ark of the Covenant. <laughs> In all its glory. <laughs> so, the Ark of the Covenant represented God's presence, Okay. And it says in Numbers 17, it said that they put Aaron's rod, okay, into the Ark of the Covenant, okay? And so picture this. Picture a beat-up, dead stick, okay? That's what it was. It was a dead, withered, old stick. But it was placed into the Ark of the Covenant. It budded, and it produced almonds, and it produced ripe almonds, okay? So the same thing like us. Okay, so now... If you can take a beat-up, dead old piece of wood, and when it came encounter into God's presence, it budded and produced almonds, right? So it produced the thing that it was once designed to do. So I want to give you guys a little analogy here now. Okay, look at this flower. Can everybody see it? Okay. This flower is exposed to the, exposed to the world's elements. Okay? It's beat up. It's, it's basically dead, almost dead, right? It's withered. It's not healthy, right? Because it's exposed to the world's elements. But when you get into God's presence, you get placed into God's presence, this is what you come out looking like. See? This is what happens after. But guess what could also happen? When we get back into keep being, letting, allowing ourselves to be exposed by the world's elements, this could happen. It could happen very easily, too. See? This could happen easy. But you know what? You put back into God's presence, and then you come out again. See? So, thank you, David. 
Thank you, Damon. So, just like that, just like those flowers, that's how we get charged up, is by being in God's presence. So being in God's presence is our power source, okay? That's the only way that how we get charged up is by being in God's presence, allowing him to charge us. And that is through what? Prayer and fasting, okay? So, uh, am I running late? Yes, I am. Uh, all right, let's get up here. <laughs> all right, so now... Okay, so now that we're charged up, right, and we're feeling good, okay, we got our armor on, we're charged up, and we're ready for battle, right, and we're ready, okay? And then uh, next week, uh, Pastor John's going to show us what happens after when we're all charged up and we're all ready to go, and now we're ready for ministry, just like Jesus. Jesus got charged up, and he was ready, and he was ready to start what he was designed to do. See, just like when being in that, just like with um, that stick, Aaron's rod, being in that, being set into God's presence, when it encountered God's presence, it flourished, and it became the thing that it was designed to do. Okay? So now, we got all that stuff. Now, let's get victory. Right? So Philippians 4, 6, and 7 says, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God, and the peace of God will transcend all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Amen. So by prayer and petition, yeah, with thanksgiving, he will guard our hearts and he will guard our minds. See, true peace only comes from God. Peace doesn't mean that troubles are absent. Peace means that God is there with us. See? Being there with us, doing that. And being peace, having peace in the midst of those attacks, having peace in the midst of our troubles, that's victory. That's victory. That's not allowing enemy to come in to what to allow him to kill still and destroy see but the only way we can get peace god's peace is allowing him in uh what is it revelation chapter three says jesus says i'm knocking i am knocking and if you let me in i will come in and sit down and share a meal with you as a friend see the Holy Spirit's a gentleman. He's not going to force himself on anybody. So we have to allow him to come in. We have to open to open the door and say, hey, Jesus, please come in. Come and sit down with me. Yeah, please share this meal with me. Here you go. And God's peace can surpass all understanding. And that's my personal opinion on that is that is victory. So, thank you. So, I want to just challenge everybody today. And I, I heard this group, um, I, man, I really forgot the name, but, but they called it the Thirsty 30. Okay? Because we need nourishment, right? To build up. And it's spending 
every day, 10 minutes with God and reading in prayer, 10 minutes of prayer and 10 minutes of worship. I would like to just, in this next uh, 21 minus 8, whatever that is, that's how many days we got left. <laughs> so let's continue to do that, but let's try this thirsty 30 thing. Let's get our thirst quenched by God's word and just being blessed and in his presence and everything. And then now that we're all charged up and now we're ready for our ministry to set out now and just get out there back into the world and to do what we're supposed to do is to reach those that are far from God.